Welcome to A Shower of Roses. I'm Jenna, your host. On this podcast, we read together the readings for the upcoming Sunday Mass in the Roman Catholic Church, so that when you walk into Mass on Sunday, you feel enlightened and empowered with the knowledge of the Gospel that you need to have a meaningful and personal experience with Christ every week. I'm Catholic, but you certainly don't have to be to listen to this podcast. The Gospel is for anyone, anywhere, at any state of life. We're so glad you're here. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Hallow. Hallow is the number one Catholic prayer app in the world, and they have so much new stuff going on. Firstly, if you have not heard, they now have the voice of Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus in The Chosen, leading a ton of the prayers in the app. It's just so cool to hear his voice and pray with him and and hear him and have seen having seen him in the chosen it's just so cool to pray with jonathan rumi's voice and he is also leading a 30-day gospel challenge right now hallow has also uh, partnered with scott Hahn recently so you can hear him in the app there's tons of different types of prayers if you are hesitant about praying with your phone i totally understand but i promise it does not feel like you're praying with your phone once you turn on the prayer the world just really melts away. So I highly recommend checking out Hallow. You can visit hallow.com slash shower of roses for your free trial. Again, that's hallow.com, H-A-L-L-O-W.com slash shower of roses for your free trial. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Sock Religious. I wanted to take a few minutes and share with you guys some of the new things that Sock Religious has been putting out there. You've heard me talk about them before. They are this totally unique brand that makes Catholic socks. They also make t-shirts and some of the other things they've been putting out recently. They have these magnets that you can put on your fridge and it's like a nativity set. They started making no-show socks, which is really exciting because I do love like the mid-thigh socks, but sometimes you want a pair of Catholic socks that you can't see over your sneakers, so they have those as well. And they also have baby onesies that are so cute. The ones I'm looking at right now say, dirty diaper, clean soul. So adorable. You guys, you have to take advantage of Sock Religious, especially with the holidays coming up. They are affordable and they are lovely and they are Catholic. And what a better way to walk around them with the saints on your feet. You can use the code ROSES at checkout for 10% off your order at SockReligious.com. That's ROSES at checkout for 10% off your order. Welcome back to the podcast. It has been a hot minute. It's been about two months since I've uh, done a new episode of A Shower of Roses, and I just want to say thank you for your patience with me and thanks for sticking with it. It's been a crazy few months. My husband and I sold our house and moved out and bought a house and moved in, and it has just been really 
busy and overwhelming and I've just been trying to get our bearings here and I didn't even know where my microphone was because it was packed and uh, it's just been really hectic and uh, I needed, I just needed a break. I just needed to be able to focus on moving and and uh, yeah, that transition with my husband. So we are back now. I am sorry I missed Advent and Christmas, but we are in uh, year C of the Roman Catholic calendar now, which is super cool. And so this week's readings are for January 16th, 2022, the second Sunday in Ordinary Time. Our first reading this week is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 62, verses 1 to 5. For Zion's sake, I will not be silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not be quiet. Until her vindication shines forth like the dawn and her victory like a burning torch. Nations shall behold your vindication and all the kings your glory. You shall be called by a new name pronounced by the mouth of the Lord. You shall be a glorious crown in the hand of the Lord, a royal diadem held by your God. No more shall people call you forsaken or your land desolate, but you shall be my delight and your land espoused. For the Lord delights in you and makes your land his spouse. As a young man marries a virgin, your builder shall marry you. And as a bridegroom rejoices in his bride, so shall your God rejoice in you. This is a reading that I think would be very beneficial for someone to read through uh, like on paper, like read it with your eyes <laughs> um, because of a few things that you miss as it's being read aloud. So in these verses where it says, no more shall people call you forsaken or your land desolate, but you shall be called my delight and your land espoused. These are not just adjectives. They're, I, they're in quotes and they're uppercased. So to me, when I read that, that's not just an adjective, it's a title given. So this, the, the nation of Israel, the land of Israel is no longer forsaken or desolate but you shall be called capital M, my capital D, delight, and your land, capital E, espoused. So again, these are not just adjectives that that Isaiah is giving to the people and to Israel, but this is a title that the Lord looks you know, to them as th like this is their name, espoused, which is huge, right? To say that God wants to be our spouse is, is like, that's the closest two humans can be, right? Um, this covenant that, uh, that spouses enter into is closer than any human relationship that, that anyone could have on earth. And so that's huge. And really everything Isaiah is saying here, you know, this is happening. Israel's in, in turmoil, basically, and the, the kingdom's kingdoms have collapsed and it's not looking good. And this is why, you know, God gives us the, the prophets. And so for Isaiah to be saying, Jerusalem is going to be victorious and, uh, the nation shall be glorious is just something that the people are listening to this and being like, Oh my gosh, like, forget it, man. There's no way that's ever going to happen. But of course we know that that's not true because Christ is going to come as the Messiah. And this last part about a man marrying a virgin and, you know, God marrying us, we're going to see that mirrored very beautifully in the gospel today of the wedding feast at Cana. 
The second reading this week is from the first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12, verses 4 to 11. Brothers and sisters, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different forms of service, but the same Lord. There are different workings, but the same God who produces all of them in everyone. To each individual, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for some benefit. To one is given through the Spirit the expression of wisdom. To another, the expression of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, mighty deeds. To another, prophecy. To another, discernment of spirits. To another, varieties of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit produces all of these, distributing them individually to each person as he wishes. This reading is, I think, essential to anyone that works in or volunteers in, in any sort of ministry or, or at your church or in really anything having to do with Catholicism. It's so important for us to know that we don't all have the same gifts, spiritual, and we're talking like spiritual gifts, not just talents like, you know, like you're a musician or a, you're an artist or, or a, an athlete, but gifts of the spirit. And it's so important that, that Paul points out here that they're all given of the same spirit, right? Like there's one God, one Holy Spirit, and the spirit distributes gifts, you know, ac accordingly to, to those that, um, you know, the, the, I don't know what I'm trying to say. The, the, our, our gifts are intentional. That's what I'm trying to say, right? Like they, there's a purpose to why I have a certain gift that someone else does not have and to why I don't have a gift that someone else does have. And so I think it's really important for us to be aware and to take time to discern our spiritual gifts. Um, and there's like a, an, in, uh, inventory you can do. The Avila Institute has a spiritual gifts inventory. I highly recommend it. It's it's an investment of your time. I think it took me like an hour and a half to do, but it's really an eye-opener to see like what has the Lord given me as a gift and what am I supposed to be doing with this? Because I think sometimes we have this idea that to work in ministry or to, to volunteer for the church in any way, that means that we have to have the gift of like education or working with children, or public speaking, and that's absolutely not the case. Like, the Lord can use you if you have the spiritual gift of administration. That's one of my spiritual gifts, which is something I wasn't expecting, and then when I took the inventory and I saw the results, I was like, oh, that makes total sense. And that's helped me kind of discern, you know, not just my career choices, but the way that I spend my time, and the way that I volunteer my time. So being aware of our spiritual gifts is super important. I will link to that uh, spiritual inventory in the show description for anyone that's interested in it. The gospel this week is from John chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. There was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the wedding. When the wine ran short, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. 
And Jesus said to her, Woman, how does your concern affect me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servers, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jugs there for Jewish ceremonial washings, each holding twenty to thirty gallons. Jesus told them, Fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, Draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it. And when the head waiter tasted the water that had become wine, without knowing where it came from, although the servers who had drawn the water knew, the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves good wine first, and then when the people have drunk freely an inferior one. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this as the beginning of his signs at Cana in Galilee, and so revealed his glory, and his disciples began to believe in him. Okay, this is such an amazing gospel reading. I think we we kind of overestimate sometimes what the gospels tell us about Jesus and Mary's relationship. There's really not that much. We don't get a lot of insight into the conversations between the two of them in the gospels. Really, other than this, this reading is one of the, the biggest instances where we see a snippet of a conversation between them. And just how good of a mother Mary is and how deep of a relationship they have all she says to him is they have no wine she didn't ask him to do a thing and yet in between the lines Jesus knows what she's saying when she says they have no wine he knows that she's telling him to do something about it even though she doesn't say it and yeah she knows what's asking of she's she's not even asking him to like go run out and find some wine somewhere she she's asking him to do this miracle and yet she didn't even say those words and he knows that. It's just so, their communication is just incredible. Um, and his obedience to her, right? Even though he's God, she's still his mom. And just thinking, you know, if Mary hadn't said this to him, this miracle would never have happened. And the conversions and the discipleship that came out of this miracle would not have happened without her encouraging him. And so this gospel reading is a huge, huge one that I point to when I'm explaining to people why we pray to Mary. Because she is Jesus's mother. And that means something, you know, Jesus was obedient to his mother. And so we're asking her to intercede for us just like she interceded for this couple at this wedding feast, because she she changed the trajectory of how this was going to go um, because it's clear that Jesus was, it was not intending to do this. So they fill these, these jugs that are meant for washing, right? So before you sat down to a meal and, um, you know, as a, as a Jewish person in this time, imagine walking around Israel, which is the desert with open toe sandals, your feet are nasty, so it was very common for people to wash their feet before they sat down to a nice dinner, wash their hands, that type of thing. So they're, they're going to fill up these jugs with water. Um, and Jesus transforms it into wine. And the head waiter is amazed because this is clearly the best wine of the night. Now this is the, the importance of wine at a Jewish wedding cannot be overlooked. This is essential. It, it's, it would be incredibly embarrassing 
to run out of wine at your wedding. I mean, any any person that's had a wedding can imagine how embarrassing that would be. But also in, in the Jewish, you know, custom at this time, good wine was like a foretaste of heaven, right? Like a good glass of wine was a little taste of the heavenly banquet. And so for them to run out of wine at their wedding, it's not just embarrassing, it's kind of like a bad a bad omen, I, w- I want to say, even though that's not, it's obviously not an omen, but like, it doesn't look good for them because of what wine represents, right? It's kind of people at this wedding, if they ran out of wine, would, would probably be like, well, this, this marriage is doomed. You know, it's not a good sign because of what wine represents. So amazingly, this wine that Jesus, you know, has miraculously uh, created from this water is the best wine of the night, even though the custom is to serve the best wine so that once people get drunk, they can't taste the difference between, you know, the cheaper wine and the good stuff. Um, And so this begins Jesus's ministry. This is the first of his signs of, you know, this is the first of his, his miracles. And that's why we meditate on it as part of when we pray the, the rosary because this is such a, a turning point in Jesus's life because it's the onset of his miracles and, and, and this part of his ministry. My challenge for you for the week is to go back to that second reading, ponder it, and if you, you know, try to make the time to do maybe not a spiritual gifts full inventory, but even to just sit with the Lord for 10 minutes, 15 minutes and ask him, you know, what are the gifts that you've given me to serve you with and see, you know, where that conversation takes you. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. And it would be awesome if you could give us a good rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Those ratings help us get this message of the gospel out to as many people as possible. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at A Shower of Roses and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash A Shower of Roses podcast. You can also check out A Shower of Roses podcast.com for more information about the show or to send us an email or feedback. We'll see you back here next Wednesday. God bless you and have a great week. Carry your word as you can.